Hey there, and welcome to the daily podcast where wisdom smacks us with kisses or love taps. I'm Michelle Spiva, a wisdom strengthening coach, your host, and practical priestess of wisdom. Join us daily to gain wisdom and mental strength as we tackle innovative thinking, address emotional and behavioral life traps, and yes, provide you with some practical how-tos to wrap it all up. So settle in or crank up the speed 2x, whatever gets your mental processes firing as we dive in. Stay tuned. Hi there, this is Michelle Spivey, your Practical Priestess of Wisdom with today's podcast of Wisdom Smack. I am formally inviting you to join me as we have a quick conversation about why it's time to awaken and activate your words. We're going to be talking about how to resurrect the dead and give your words the power. How to be aware of some of the words that you might need to take out of your vocabulary and your usage. And then, because this is about practical wisdom, we're going to be talking about some steps to actually activate your words and to turn them into powerful missiles that achieve what you intend for them to with the right amount of impact. So join me on the flip. It's going to be good. Thank you so much for joining me on The Flip. Let's get into it. So today we are talking about why it is time to awaken and activate your words. Now, I was going to talk about watching your words, but you know what? You already either know that or you're being reminded of it as I say it now. You know, there is a uh, very famous uh saying that you can also find in the Bible that um, life and death is in the power of the tongue. And I've talked about the power of grimoires, of uh, spoken language, written language, and all of that. You guys, if you rock with me, you know that we talk about that. And today is no different. I want to stress and impress upon you that in your ability to either speak or uh, write or even if you sing, you are able to cast spells with your words. You're able to get things set into motion by something either you say, you write, you sing, you you create. And so you don't want to let this opportunity pass because the time is ripe for us to enliven, activate, awaken the power and infuse it into our words. So today, let's get into this. Now, the way I'm going to uh, keep this organized is I'm going to first talk about the the watchfulness, the awakening, um, the enlivening of your words. And then in the practical part, we'll talk about activating your words. Okay. So if you're with, if with your yeah, if you're with me, let's go on and get started. So the first thing I want you to um, do when you are taking this serious, because I really want you to take this serious, is I want you to do an environmental scan of your conversations and of what you do 
when you when you conversate with people, look at the catchphrases. Look at the things that you pad your conversations with. I try to do that um, often, and I find that I struggle with a lot of uh, padding that I don't like. And especially if I'm I'm teaching or training, I find myself asking, does that make sense? And it is part of my need to um, entrain with my, my, my audience or my pupil or my, um, my client, but it is also something that causes uh, uh, an intensification of that request because I say it with the energy, the verve, and the power of a spell, which means that I get more of it. I, I unwittingly, sometimes, uh, because now I'm being more cognizant of it, I unwittingly cause my word choices to not be as clear or succinct as I would like them to by constantly punctuating them with, does that make sense? And so I'm giving you guys as practically as I can some ways to help you be very wise in what's happening right now, because the atmosphere is full of the extra juice needed to activate things. Case in point, I was, uh, I have a, my, my, my phone, my actual uh, cell phone is um, a, a wee bit over two years old. And I am noticing um, <clears throat> that I'm having to manually move um apps and things over continuously. Every time they update, they snatch it back to my internal phone's uh, memory and it gives me all of these little hate messages about your phone is full. And I was going through to clean out some files and I found some audio files that I had forgotten. And uh, I happened on one that was dated the 14th of June, 2018. And it was a file to myself. And yes, you guys, I talk to myself. I, I record it so that I can do these types of things. Well, this one, I guess I, uh, it was three of them that I had missed when I was cleaning them out. Because I usually will go back and try to clean them out every year or so. But this one, I was talking to myself and I was stating an intention. And in that intention, I said, June 14th of 2018, that I was going to start a new podcast and that I wanted it to be about wisdom and I wanted it to do it at, you know, daily for at least a full year and to find my voice and, and do this as part of my give back and my contribution to society. And I sat there in amazement at how I was talking to myself and I'm listening to a recording that was two years and at the time of this recording, two years, four days ago. And and not only did I fulfill that, but I started it. um, I started this podcast and it's been over a year. And so I was like, wow. And listening to my voice from the past, I could feel, I could still feel the power and the intention and the the spell casting, if you will, that I put in that message because there was no wavering, there was no confusion or ambiguity. I didn't know, you know, the specifics, but I did know the what. 
and I spoke it clearly. And guess what? I never listened to it again until today I'm cleaning out my phone and, you know, trying to make space because, you know, uh, my phone still works very well and I have a memory card that has enough space on it. So, you know, let's do what we need to to take care of what we have. And it was just an amazing thing. And so I need you guys to understand that I'm not trying to just talk at you. I am talking with you because this works. This is part of what we do. We create, we cast spells, whether we know it or not, whether we remember it or not. And that's the next thing I want to talk about when you're wanting to uh, start enlivening and awakening your words. When you release a spell. And I know that might be hard for some people to deal with using that word spell. But come on, let's face it. When you spell a word, you're actually comp- uh, putting it together. So remove all the woo-hoo-hoo, um, you know, and the, the fancifulness of people trying to take away your power from spelling so that you can do what you need to. I could go off on a tangent on how this was a construct of um, the nobles during um, a darker, darkened age to get people fearful of speaking up. And so they would uh, implant fear in people because they understood how powerful words are and how a spoken word has an immortality to it that if fed and continued to um, be listened to, continues to live and takes on a life of itself. Okay. So with that, as I was saying, getting back to my notes, (laughs) what I want you to do when you're wanting to enliven your words is to understand the construction of what you're doing. And when I say the construction of what you're doing, understand that not only are you projecting a word into the atmosphere, you are also using the very model of our makeup. And that is the the trilogy of energy, frequency, and vibration. And I've talked about that in other podcasts, giving homage to our mar- one of our modern day, I think he was possibly a, an iteration, if you will, of um, Hermes Transmagistus, the um, uh, the Atlantean, if you will, the the, the great alchemist, um, and he, uh, speaking of Tesla, he said, if we would understand anything anything about the universe, we would understand that it is made of energy, frequency, and vibration. And I talked with you the other day, telling you that vibration, you understand it very well, and vibration is. Um, it's, it's sound. It is um, the beat. It is the movement of the air. It is the, and they said, let there be that part. And then the frequency, the frequency, we, we call it the light, but I don't want you to think of it as just one white light because that is not the case. Frequency has range. And just like you are familiar with looking at rainbows and you are familiar with um, the hopefully the different um, layers and spectrums of the frequency of understanding that um, red lives on a different frequency 
than our ultraviolet. And but that does not mean that they're, they don't all constitute light. That's the same thing with frequency. And so with frequency, think of frequency as all. And then you can think of it as white because uh, it is, if you're thinking of it as white, that is because all of the colors are being, you know, bounced back. But if you think of it as black, that means that all of the colors are, are being consumed and mixed together. So you can think of it that way, but I want you to understand when you're dealing with your words, your words ascribe to vibration because of the force of the power of sound, as well as frequency because of the light range that they work with. Have you ever had someone give you a, in the South, we call it nice, nasty compliment. Now, (laughs) this has become, I think it's just too much. Uh, The whole bless your heart uh, sentiment that is uh, supposedly a a backhanded compliment. And I say supposedly, and I say that because in a lot of times, bless your heart does not mean anything nefarious. It doesn't. It's all about the context and the context of the bless your heart with regards to it not being nice is on the shady side, the, the, the gray side, meaning that, oh, bless your heart that you think that that's cute when it's obviously not or something like that. And so that whole bless your heart has different frequencies depending on the context that it is given. Sometimes bless your heart means something really good. Now, I can only speak from my experiences in the South, but a lot of times when you're talking or you're singing, especially in uh, gatherings, religious ones, and someone would say, you know, bless your heart, they're they're really sending you a blessing. And so it really kind of looks at the different frequencies. And so what I want to make sure that as I'm hopefully making this point to drive it home is when you're wanting to enliven and awaken the power of your words, get the understanding of what vibration you want to put this on. How much intensity do you want to put into it? And then what frequency do you want it on? What shade or side of the pendulum of the context do you want to put it in? Because Ain't that grand can mean ain't that grand, meaning it's, oh, that's nice, as opposed to ain't that grand, which would be sarcastic. And so those are the different frequencies. And if you notice, my inflections activated the vibrations. And then once you release those kinds of words, understanding, hopefully, before you say them, the frequency and vibration, you then produce the energy that those words take off and you birth into them the command to do what they, what they are constructed to do. Yeah. It's that powerful. You guys, it's that powerful. Um, this one, now I'm going to go on and say it. I had put a question mark about it, uh, uh, as to how I would feel when I was recording. Uh, because it's in one of my lists that I'm going to talk about in just a few minutes about the activation of the words, because we're still talking about how to uh, awaken words. But there is a word used by a lot of Black women in the South. Uh, Well, 
I don't want to I don't want to paint with broad brushes. But when I say black women, I'm talking about I'm talking about African-American descendants of slaves and, you know, in the United States. And when we say things like I'm tired, it is that same thing. Now, I will say that that word needs to be removed from what we say or what anyone says. But there is much history and context to those two simple words spoken, especially by a black woman. When I've heard it from my grandmother and my mother, and even out of my own mouth, depending on the context and the and the company that we kept, it meant so many different things. And sometimes that word was a rallying cry. Oh yes, it was a rallying cry for help to signal, I need help or, or whatever. And so, th- like I said before, there's so much you can do to enliven words. And today, we want to make sure that if nothing else, we employ wisdom on all of the powerfulness that we're releasing out of our mouths. So that is, you know, part of what I want to talk about with regards to that. The next part that I want to talk about is to know the flow of your inspiration. Now, knowing the flow of your inspiration is going to be uh, more so customized to how you operate. So just because my flow might be one thing, yours could be another. I'm giving some examples, but these are not exhaustive. And so flow, for instance, you could have flow from the head to the heart, meaning that you have the thought of something And then as you start to work it over, you get an emotion about it to head to your heart. Okay, so I said head to your heart. You see that? (laughs) Okay. well, what if you are a person where you get a feeling and as you explore that feeling and let it uh, let it migrate through your body and your limbs, you start to get a understanding about it to where it moves to your head. That would be your flow of inspiration. Or what about the person who gets a a nudging, an inkling, a spark in their gut and they don't, it doesn't make sense and they don't necessarily feel any emotion around it, but they are aware that something is there. Something is afoot. That would be a gut to body or a gut to head or a gut to heart. And so these are some examples of knowing the flow of your inspiration. Now, the reason why I want you to know the flow is because I'm going to then ask you to start mapping and start experiencing with a, a with a, a concentrated effort to figure out how you spell. And when I say how you spell, I want you to start observing and making a list of your personal words that seem to have a little more fire to them, a little more to them, or words that you tend to use often, or words that after listening to this and being reminded of it, because I believe a lot of you listening already know this stuff. This is just a, a wisdom reminder for you. Make a list of those personal sabotage words and phrases and ban them from your utterances. Like for instance, as I said before, the I'm tired. Or this one, I'm sorry. Or this one, I hear this one so much. You say something profound, something that uh, is an awakening, and then you excuse it or eradicate it by saying, I don't know. 
Those are the types of terms that I want you to get really focused on these and others, because like I said, these are just examples to start to help you to figure out how you spell. And once you start seeing them and, and hearing them and making note of them, elevate the ones that are good and ban or restrict the ones that are not so good and use the inspiration flow. Where does this come from? Does this ruminate in my head to the point where it just starts to gain emotion, emotional power and then it hits my heart and, and then it comes out of my mouth? Or is this something that comes from my gut, bypasses my thinking and my body starts, you know, uh, giving me the strength to do this? These are the kind of questions I want you to look at when you are looking at starting to map and uh, observe and collect those words and phrases that have a little energy to them or that are personal self-sabotaging words or phrases, okay? Okay, so let me repeat those because now we're going to get into the activation of your words. So the first thing I want you to do is I want you to understand that life and death is truly in the power of, and when we talk about the tongue, that's a catch-all for your communication. Then I want you to um, know the flow of your inspiration. Then I want you to make a list of uh, the words and phrases that you can sense have a little more power to them than other words and any padding words and any words that have personal sabotage attached to them, words or phrases. Make notes of them. The ones that are good, I want you to elevate. And the ones that are bad or that have uh, <clears throat> that slowly drain your power, like the I don't know, you know, those kinds, take those away. Before I move on, I have talked about the fact that I don't use the word sorry as much uh, as I used to. And I'm, I'm trying to get to the point of never using it. And it was because I had a dear friend's mom when I was a teenager. Um, I would say, I'm sorry all the time. And if she would catch me, she would say, and I'm robot, pleased to meet you. <laughs> and That was to catch me from this. And so she was giving me that reinforcement that my mother uh, had tried to give me, but in a comical way where it would pattern interrupt me from casting that kind of spell over myself and over my life. All right. So let's get into how to activate this stuff. Cause you know, I am your practical priestess of wisdom and I want to make sure that I give you something useful. And so as I understand it with the time we have left of, wis of what wisdom wants us to do in, in now times, Wisdom wants us to develop our wizardry words because, you know, wizards are wise people. OK, and the first thing, these are some of the foundational ones that that across the board you can use. It doesn't matter creed, country, ethnicity, it, um, political leanings, religious leanings. You can use these. And so to develop your wizardry words, here are some few that you can start with, like your, your, your basic primer pack. Uh, words like, I know, I have, I am, I do. Okay, so you notice those are two B verb words, meaning that they are state of being. And the reason why wisdom wants us to start here is because of the direction that we move. We are human beings doing a life to have what we want. So we be, do, have. And so your wizardry words, getting to the point where you can get to, I am, I know, I have, I do. And then once you can get those, moving into a past tense before you start, 
Because time is truly a construct that we agree on. And that means that somewhere, somehow, something that you have conceived and contrived that you want has already been accomplished. And so the wizardry words that you can use for those are, I had, I did, I became. And you can use those. And as you are continuing to grow these words, you will start to notice the power and the conviction with which you say them. Okay. So now that's your starter. The next thing I want you to do is I want you to put in an activating ingredient. And this activating ingredient, are you ready? It's imagination. Now, if you've ever read any kind of um, arcane magic books, as I have, uh, you will notice that a lot of times when um, temple magicians, and I'm I'm talking about, I'm not talking about Hollywood, not Hollywood, I'm not talking about Las Vegas style uh, trickery. I am talking about people who actually um, practice uh, what others would call magic. The ingredient is imagination. And the reason why it is imagination is very vast. But what I will do is I will tell you that imagination is the purest form of creativity that you can use. And when you spell, you must give the creative spark to it because you are birthing something new. Um, To only say words with with emotion and excitement is a declaration. But when you're wanting to change the course of your life, when you're wanting to uh, infuse yourself with the goodness and the power to sustain, to gain, to grow and flourish in these new times of reset, check out yesterday's podcast for that one, you're going to have to up your game. And you're going to have to put that ingredient in that gives the catalyst for your words to become not only alive, but activated. All right. So to awaken your words in hindsight, if you're if you're taking notes or, you know, trying to absorb what I'm saying is to consciously be aware of what you're saying. Be aware of how you spell. Do you think about stuff and then it gets um, emotions? Do you get the emotions and then you put it into some kind of framework of understanding? Do you get a gut twinge and you can trust that gut and you act? These are going to be examples of how you start to give life to these words. But to activate them, an ingredient on top of all of this is to have imagination. So then the next part is you want to get organized. Yes, organized in knowing some some things about yourself, your situation or whatever. And a shout out to those old school journalists who made this as plain as day. And I call it the five W's and the one H. You already know it, but I'm going to go on and say it. To get organized in Activating your words, know as possible, as much as possible, the what, when, who, where, possibly why, and how. I'm going to say those again. The five W's are the what, when, who, where, and possibly why, and then the one H is the how. The reason why I say the possibly why is because I don't want you to get stymied if you don't know the why yet, because that why can be slippery. Oh my gosh. 
And the reason why is because why is usually relegated to people with more, not people, but more authority, more insight, more background, meaning you have a higher classification level to get to know the why. And so I don't want you to not get organized and not get to spelling and doing what you need to over your life because you're stymied on why, okay? That brings me to when you're starting out with spelling, try to remove the why from questions that you may have and replace them with with what or who. Here's an example, you guys. So instead of asking, why is this happening to me? Instead, change it to, what do I need to do? Or who do I need to become to the, be the uh, the best at making it through this happening? And if you notice, I changed my energy. Now, with those t- types of questions, you ask them, you can write them, you can journal them, you can sing them, you can think them. But then put some imagination to them by starting to think of, speak out, or jot down possible um things that you can do to get started. It's kind of like priming the pump because imagination is uh, right right there riding shotgun with activation. Imagination and activation go hand in hand. So it's not just enough to come up with vivid imaginings of what you can do. Infuse them with that activation power by putting some emphasis on them. And so Now that we're talking about all of these things, the next thing I want you to do, and this is going to be real important. So listen to these next few minutes as we finish up. Once you have awakened your words and you are now aware of them, and now that you have uh, infused them and gotten organized, uh, infused them with imagination and gotten organized by trying to understand as much as you can the what, when, who, where, possibly why, and the how, Now it's time to uh, activate in use, meaning you're going to use them. So what I want you to then do is I want you to be cognizant of your intentions, your utterances, and your impacts. And your intentions, what do you clearly want to achieve with what you are saying, spelling, writing? And the reason why we're using spelling again, you guys remember, to spell is to cast, is to cast something that you want done. And you can spell by speaking it and you can spell by writing it. That's why when you spell words, how is this spelled? Same thing. So know your intention. The next thing is understand your utterances. And your utterances are going to go back to the vibration and the frequency to cause the energy that we talked about earlier. Understand what type of vibrations do you need to use and what frequency are you trying to go with? Are you trying to go to a higher frequency, a mid one or a lower one? What are you trying to do? And then the next one is impacts. When you first start out, you're not going to know the impact. So I want you to be conscious of looking to see what type of impact your words have. If you say things to people with your utterances and your intentions, with your consciousness on this, and they backfire, meaning that people get upset or you hurt people, dial it back down and learn from your impacts because these are real spells, you guys. And I don't know, but wisdom wants you to have this. 
And so as I look and realize my time is gone, what I want you to do, if you remember nothing else, is that you are going to be a wizard at what you do using wisdom's way of words. That's it for today. See you later. And that's going to do it for today's podcast of Wisdom Smack with Michelle Spiva. If you like this podcast, please help us get the word out. Like, comment, subscribe, and even share. And if you really like it, please help us continue to get the word out by considering using this show's link for Amazon. So when you want to go to Amazon and you do all of your general shopping, uh, please use michellespiva.com forward slash AMZ. It's simple as that. It doesn't cost you anything extra. And this show might receive a little bit of commission that will go towards helping to further get these episodes out to you and to others. So thank you so much for listening. This has been Michelle Spiva with Wisdom Smack. Bye.